0: Disclaimer, AFL players, coaches and umpires are professionals. The hilarious remarks and nicknames said in this podcast are not intended to be offensive in any way. Listener discretion is advised. (laughs) Kiss Kiss him
1: on
0: the lips. Ready, set, go. All right. This is the Cousins AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm Keebs, coach of the Super Subs. I'm here with my cousin Jados, coach of
1: NFNL, KFKL, no fife, no life, no fife, no life. How
0: are you, cousin? Bad. (laughs) You're bad. It's funny. So we're recording on a Wednesday. Normally we record on a Sunday night or like at latest Monday morning. So there's been time to get over the the wounds of the weekend but it's the, the recording in our chat this morning has just been refreshing all of the the trauma that I received so yeah I'm, I'm feeling flat again mate what about we're
1: just you? we're just digging into some old wounds uh, Nah, no I'm good I'm glad we're recording on a Wednesday Far out. I, I don't know if I would have been able to record on Sunday. would have cried live on the yeah, podcast.
0: Ap- Me too. <laughs> it,
1: it would have been a, an upsetting
0: experience for our listeners Yeah. Well, we just had- to hear us whinge.
1: Yeah, we had to reschedule twice, once out of necessity. Actually, no, nah, no times out of necessity. Both times just oh, out of... <laughs> d- d- <laughs> the first one was... Depends how you define necessity. But I was traveling. I was working. Um, I'm back in Perth. Although we are recording remotely this week, just for the hell, hell yeah. of it. We we figured out all this uh, remote software and figured it out. We might as well test it out this week. See uh, how it goes. Yeah. So apologies if there are any audio issues this week, but I think it should be good to go. Um, better than last time, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Much better than last time. I'm confident it will be. Um, let's get into it. So Cuz, how did you go this
0: week? Poorly, mate. Uh, I scored it. 2072 my rank is now 7799 so sheesh I moved back about 2400 spots which is not you know the worst in the world like I'm still in the top 10k so um and you know after my my strong run of form it was a bit of a bounce back to bounce back to Earth but I'm still confident based on where we went wrong over the weekend I'm confident that it'll be a big bounce back again this week what about you, mate? Well,
1: I did a little better than you. I scored a 21-09, which is still shit. Yeah, for the <laughs> round of snooker. <laughs> and I dropped, I dropped about a K in ranking, so I'm now 9,901. That's <laughs> ah, basically the 10K club. I'm going to round up. I'm in the 10K club. Nah, don't do it, mate.
0: Don't. <laughs> we don't I'm, round I'm, up on this part.
1: <laughs> We always, we always round down. Yeah, we always round down. That should be our motto. The cousins. Always rounding always down. Always round down. <laughs> yeah. Um Nah, I I've all but all but lost interest in this in this season. Uh it's just it all it's all just going wrong. I've gone down in rank three weeks in a row. Um well, I'm at the we, point where I just feel like I'm just gonna continue to make, you know, crazy moves. I feel like I just have to chase pods just to just to enjoy it a bit, you know, just to Feel like I can do something and maybe
0: move up in rank and enjoy the end. Well, I think you would have moved up in rank had our trades not gone so horribly wrong. And I would have come at least come very close to maintaining rank. I think I probably would have slightly moved up as well. But we copped a three, mate. Yeah, well yeah, maybe (laughs) I should
1: I should for some context say exactly why I did so badly, and that is because my trade cost me a hundred and six. Points. That is so many points. So I went Ashcroft to Mills, and yes, I know Ashcroft was gonna have a good round. I knew that he was up against Essendon. I knew full well that that was the case, but I just wanted to jump off a rookie early. I wanted to take a risk because I had field out all week, and I decided with the Darcy Parish news that he was going to miss four weeks, and Essendon had a good run coming up. I thought, you know what, I'm going to do something slightly, I guess, out of the box. Um, slightly risky and go early off Ashcroft. He's still a rookie. He scored a 60 the week before. And he has a tough run coming up from this week onwards. I was like, you know what? I'll go a week early on it. Um, Get down to three rookies. um, And it just totally backfired with Mills getting subbed out in like the first minute of the game for three points. Well, the funny thing about
0: it is we both Mm. traded Andy McGrath this week. Yeah. Finally got rid of him. Finally. And I traded him to Mills. You used him to get cash by going to Atkins. But the week that we both get rid of the biggest dud in our teams, we bring in a guy who scores three. That's just flattening, mate. It's so flattening. It's funny. So my little anecdote about this is I had a uni assignment due on Sunday. So I was like, all right, I've got to get most of it done Saturday. So I'm going to sit down, watch my boy Mills for the first half, you know, new inclusion into the team. I slapped the VC on him, and then you know, I'll I'll go and get my uni done after that. So I made a coffee, sat down on the couch, <laughs> just after the game started. Pulled out <laughs> my, my phone to check the group chat just to see what had gone on, and saw Mills subbed. Aww. So I checked the AF, AFL app, confirmed it, and I was like, "All right, I'm. This is a sign. I'm no footy. Man, I'm going straight into the study. Fine." <laughs> Nah, <laughs> no, it's not,
1: it's not my day. It's not my day You got today. to studying early. Well, you, did, did, you did get 99% on your, on your test. So I did, mate. It was good stuff. But <laughs> All thanks to Mills, mate. You got to be happy I, about that. I think I would have preferred Mills to score, <laughs> to score at 80, to be honest. <laughs> well, I had a horrible experience with it because I was driving down to Albany. For those of you that don't know, that's a town in WA... It's like five hours from Perth, four and a half hours. I had no reception. So I was listening to it on the radio. I had to crank it up full volume just to be able to hear it. And then, yeah, just hearing that Mills got subbed. I couldn't even rage to the group. I just had to sit. I just turned it off instantly as soon as I heard it. Turned it off and just sat in silence for about 15 minutes of my drive. (laughs) Just staring down the road. (laughs) Just seething behind the wheel. Yeah, but in a weird way, it feels like a, a burden has been lifted off my shoulders because. You just don't care anymore. Yeah, in a, in a weird way. it's just Well, I know. Obviously, I care because I love the game, but like, it's just like, oh, I'm not in hat contention this year. It's like, I don't have to stress. I can just kind of enjoy the picks. My supercoach team is flying. Oh, I won't talk about that too much because we're an AFL <laughs> fantasy podcast, but I have a little bit to hold on to, a bit of credibility
0: to uh, restore
1: with the uh, Look, super coach. I've-
0: I think based on um the how long is left in the season and where we're at cuz it's it's pretty close at the top. I th- I do think we're both still in in hat contention. We just need to absolutely r- like rock it up during the buyers. But strange things have happened mate. Like we're not in, in in such a tight season. We're not super far behind. But yeah, things like that are killers. There's, there's a <coughs> couple that happen every year. I remember a few years ago I I captained Cogs for an injury and he, he scored like two. Oh mate. Just pain. There was a couple people on Twitter that captained Mills as well. So yep. the heart goes out to them because that is just horrible. Yeah, Horrible stuff, mate.
1: Yeah. Yep. All right. So let's get into our hogs and flogs for this week. Let's start with our hogs.
0: Cuz, who did you have? Well, this is a bit of an interesting one, but I've gone for Josh Kelly. 113 he scored, which is not you know, massive by any stretch, but it's one of his biggest scores that he's had in the last few weeks in my team. Um, but the reason for the hog status for the week was that he scored 35 points in a seven-minute patch very late in the last quarter to absolutely save it and get to a great score. So Josh Kelly with his last quarter heroics for a third week in a row, Just it's just good to see because you go from stress to just relief it's just relief so josh kelly props mate he's Good stuff. he saved it like three weeks in a row i think that's what i just said mate oh did you
1: <laughs> <laughs> i swear you only said he saved it this week no mate nah all right i wasn't listening to you clearly <laughs> <laughs> no nah, but as a fellow kelly owner i'm gonna give him a quick pump up as well that's awesome awesome to see um all right my hogs for this week and i say hogs because there are two of them there's a joint nomination and i'm giving it to luke Pedler. And Seamus Mitchell. Now, usually people say you can't give your flogs or your you can't you can't bake your rookies, but we have been on this podcast, so I equally have to dish out the good to them as well. And Luke Pedlar scored an eighty and Seamus Mitchell scored a ninety five. And that is awesome stuff for two rookies that I was like I've been working so hard to get them off my field. And then when your your final two rookies are doing that, it just makes you feel so much better about your team. Sheamus, I traded Peds. Yeah, you did, didn't you? Feels Pain. bad.
0: And he got he got CBAs, <clears throat> mate. Yeah, well I'm about he had to, like six CBAs.
1: I'm about to get into it. So Seamus had 27 sorry, sorry. disposals, eight marks, and he had a couple of kick ins. I think he had the same number of kick-ins as Sick Dog. And then Pedler kicked two snags and had a cheeky six CBAs. So it's just beautiful stuff to see from your rookies. Tip my hat to your boys.
0: Keep it up. Keep it right up. Just, just quickly to add in, I left this guy for you. I thought you might talk about him, but er- Errol Goulden again, a, a one fifty three. That is phenomenal stuff. He he is a hog as well. Two weeks in a row, he has. I was going to save this for later because we we're going to do an interesting stats. This one's pretty easy to to find, but he has a three round average of one hundred and forty three point three. Crazy Errol. stuff, mate. That is insane. Yeah. Considering that we were all a bit flat a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, based on his, his form for the season, he has just turned that right around. He's a second highest averaging forward. Great stuff.
1: Ridiculous stuff. He he has pig tendencies, like actual piggery the way he plays. Um, yeah. Man, there are, there are some coaches that have traded him out over the last couple of weeks. I know um, Holmesy did it. Holmesy traded him out three weeks ago or two weeks wow. ago. No, it would have wow. been three. Yeah. So, uh, just, I just... Condolences to any coach that did that because I, I I couldn't like I wouldn't blame you for having done it after that seventy if you had luxury trade I would have considered it.
0: Yeah, I can understand the thought process, but at the end of the day, he was I think he was averaging like eighty nine at that point. Yeah, maybe low nineties, but around the around no, the it was 99. it was eighty
1: nine. Yeah,
0: yeah, but that was still you know seven points more than what he was priced at to start the year. Yeah, but if you um, had the luxury, you like you could I have done it. You could have definitely done it. Yeah, I understand, but. For me, it was kind of it's kind of like rookies first, and then those underperforming guys. Because you know, there's always the opportunity to turn around. But yeah, I can understand also the thought process behind. Well, he's losing CBAs, so his scoring will go down. But his scoring is rocketed up. It's crazy. <laughs> he, he did have a lot of CBAs on the weekend. I think probably in Mills Mills' absence. But yeah, um, yeah, he got a big bump. Yeah. All right, mate. Who was your flog? Boom.
1: All right. Well, I'm giving it to Zach Merritt. Mate, it, I think this is the second or third time I've given it to him. I reckon it's the third time. And you just don't want to be giving your uber primos the flog. Like, he had a 29-point second half, which is just not okay. And in the last month, he's had two 80s and a did not play for being an absolute dickhead and doing a sling tackle. It's so frustrating, mate. He was my M1 like four weeks ago when I picked him up. He's now, yeah, he's like my M3 now. It's just so frustrating. But he has a good run coming up and I'm expecting him to deliver. I need him to deliver. So this is a wake-up call to you, Zach. Do something.
0: Yeah, it's it's still, I think, a good sign when Merritt's bad, bad games are 80s. But, yeah, it's it's it'd be pretty frustrating as an owner. His average is just not where you want it to be for... What he was priced at. I think this is probably his worst season out of the last like three or four to to date in terms of just fantasy average. Yeah, he'll get going though. It's what he does. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. He he's someone that I'd be keen to <clears throat> keen to bring in over the buys. Yeah. Um. All right, my vlog this week. <laughs> I've gone to... You you mentioned before we we clip rookies on this podcast. Chincotto, mate what is that <laughs> every like not everyone but you know majority of coaches have him on field but 22 other other Carlton defenders were getting involved like it was a decently high marking game Newman Doc even Saad like had a bit of the ball but chincotttter just didn't didn't want to go anywhere near it so that was frustrating but the main one <laughs> Tim English mate what is 92 are you kidding me? That's gross, mate. He was my captain. That's why it stings even more. But you know, it's probably my fault because I was considering the VC on Toronto, which would have just been the the logical move on a Friday night. But I was like, nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on Mills. Mills is my boy. He's coming in this week. He's gonna he's <laughs> gonna do some big things. Mills was amazing <clears throat> for me last year, so I guess I was kind of just hoping that lightning would strike tri- strike twice. But yeah, ended up. Putting the C on English and was thoroughly disappointed with his 92. Not good enough, mate.
1: Yeah, flat, flat, flat stuff. I expect more as well. I mean, how, how do you feel about the fact that we paid up for him three weeks
0: ago now? He's dropped two 90s and a 150. <laughs> uh, actually fine if I didn't put the C on him this week. The C, yeah. on it, the C just makes it sting yeah. sting a bit, but it, what, his three-round three round average is like not too far off his season average. So I think just over 110, but you know, that's, that's fine. Like I'd happily pay a mil for the number one ruck when he's doing that. It's just, yeah, the, you don't want captain scores in yeah. the
1: nineties. It's somewhat matchup, matchup related. I think who was he up against Pitnet, right? Yeah, yeah. Who's like, who's somewhat restrictive. Um, he, he
0: clamped him up, mate. He, yeah. he actually smashed him in the hit outs. I yeah. think Pitt. <clears throat> had like double the hit outs to advantage that English had or something wow. like he yeah. just creamed him in the rock but yeah English should be better this week against Adelaide it's just yeah this this one stings a bit yeah yeah
1: all right so should we move on to our next segment yes we should let's mate. do it so we're going to get into our hot bakes for this week Hot bakes. do you want to kick us
0: off Yes. All right. I will. And I've actually got four, which I've condensed down into two, and one of them I'm just going to call people on Twitter being flogs. So (laughs) it started off with people spreading propaganda about Ratkins on Thursday saying, nah, he's not playing, didn't make the trip. He's not. He's not coming. And then someone's like screenshot. Uh, I say screenshot because I don't know if it was actually real or not. <laughs> um, he, he posted on Twitter and then just got shared around and basically was news to the entire fantasy community. Saw that, and so I spent like all of Thursday morning and afternoon thinking, "All right, now I have to f- change my trades and figure out what I'm going to do." And he was named. Shout out to Roy and Team Awesome Source because the whole time he was like vehemently just adamant adamant that he you know that Rat was going to play Atkins was going to play like there was no issues it came out teams were were named Atkins was named no problems but people don't just believe anything you see on twitter don't spread propaganda we we deal in the fantasy community in facts in real sources <laughs> not random people <clears throat> that have no credibility talking smack so that is the first one and then I'm going to move on unless you've
1: got something to add. Yeah, I do actually have something to add. All right, all right. Uh, I I am going to play devil's advocate on your bake because nope. No, it,
0: no, he no. Did, there is no the,
1: the truth is he didn't catch that flight. So people were like, "Oh god, he's not on the plane." But he caught the earlier flight the day before, which obviously no one knew. But it like I agree with you. Like it's just propaganda and like people people just blowing things up on Twitter, but like you know, it happens a lot when people, when players don't fly, we all freak out. Like, it just happens. That's what we do well, as fi- fantasy coaches.
0: <laughs> the thing that initially sparked, it was Gold Coast put up a, like a training montage pre, pre-team selections and Atkins was nowhere to be seen, but he was there. He just obviously didn't make it into the video. Not in the vid. Um, The other part of people on Twitter, there's two more parts to this, all right. is... People who act like know-it-alls when a pick fails. <clears throat> so, Selby put up a post after Mills got his three saying, you know, like Mills did 110 plus last two years, was priced at 94, seriously cheap, like CBA had gone up last week. It was a good pick. Sometimes injuries just happen. And then all these comments of people being like, sorry, it was not a good pick. Because he's playing in defense and just all this crap. Don't talk shit, people. <laughs> it was a good pick. A guy who's done 110 plus for two years straight, priced at 94. That's a good pick every day of the week. Of course, you're going to come out of the woodwork and say like, oh, he sucks and he was a bad pick when he gets injured. But the truth is, no one knows if he would have been a good or bad pick. It was just unlucky. Yeah. <laughs> so the smug, <clears throat> the smug people who talk shit after injuries on Twitter, just just check yourself and don't be a wanker and the third part of just baking people on twitter is a, a smaller part and less fantasy relevant but i saw a lot of west coast fans complaining about the umpiring on friday night we lost by 70 points today. <laughs> like, what do you mean just just let it go just take the l uh, we don't need to bake the umps on twitter after like a 70 point loss yeah just don't just don't do that that just makes you look silly and it's it's pretty funny to see as a fellow West Coast fan oh. but it's like you can't man just what are you doing Don't get me started <laughs> on West Coast mate. Is
1: oh they're we're actually a bit of a basket case at the moment. And I feel like we are, we're going to be on the bottom of the ladder for a few years at this rate. Like just looking at the li- Anyway, I'm not going to get into it. It's just yeah, it's frustrating. Anyway, um I'm going to jump on about this Twitter thing as well because I saw one in particular that boiled the rage deep down inside and I'm hot baking. I'm going to leave this person unnamed, but it was also a person on Twitter that was literally just try, like intentionally stirring the pot about the meals pick, tagged a bunch of fantasy like um podcasters. I think he tagged like Roy and Sanch from Hatchat just saying like, what did he I say? Saw this. I did see this. I know what you're talking he about. He said, sucked into all the Mills owners. That's what you get for picking an overpriced injury prone defender. Anyway, just don't be like that guy, man. I know he wanted attention and I'm giving him airtime, but like just let's let's just build each other up as a community, hey? Like you you can't help these injuries. Don't be like that guy, man.
0: Yeah, I don't <clears throat> I don't understand people's want to jump on and like bash people on Twitter and just stir the pot cuz like what do you get from it? You just frustrate people. And I know that's satisfying to some, but like mate, he just wants attention. D- 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 90% of the fantasy community on Twitter are like awesome and they interact and try to help each other and there's like good discussion flowing on Twitter and like all the other content creators and like all you, you know again like 90% of their supporters are just great people and make the community awesome but you just get a few like that they just talk shit and put up posts just to try and piss people off and yeah. it's like I think come on man I think it feels
1: like a lot just because it just in a way like negativity like sticks out a bit You know, hundred percent, and and like 90 or 95% of the positivity is just like kind of lost a little bit. But yeah, as a whole, the fantasy community is like, is a good, good bunch, you know? Yeah. There's Mm. just, there's just some, some bad eggs that want to try and ruin it for everyone. Well, he was, but like, this guy was really was just trying to stir the pot. Like he, he posted in the comments, like a screenshot of having golden VC and all this stuff and just like, look at my captain and
0: stuff. Just, just being annoying. Anyway, yeah, p- n- know it alls, mate. Yeah. You just don't don't be a wanker. Nah. That's that's the cousin's hotback. Don't yeah. be a wanker on Twitter. <laughs> but I, I did have another small one, which was I don't really even need to touch on it because I feel like we've we've done a lot of hot baking. But stu- <laughs> there's more stu- to stu- come, G- mate. Stewie Jew for playing Fiorini as a pure wingman, zero CBAs. That's deserved. Get a grip. Yeah, get a grip, mate. He, I feel like Stuart Jew does this where. He kind of makes up his mind on a player early in their career and then just, like, fails to see anything else and, and like, won't try them in different roles or, you know, like like Constable is a good example. Came into the team as, as a half-back just out of, like, pure necessity so he could try and get an AFL game. He got two games and then Stuart was like, no, nah, saying enough, get out. And I, I bet you Constable doesn't play for the rest of the year now. Like, Fiorini should be an inside mid, but he's been pushed out to a wing because... F- Stuart Jew just refuses to play him inside mid and like has his mind made up that is just like not going to be an elite player, so he just won't give him proper opportunities. Just get him in there, mate. He's so good as an inside mid. You got a, a grunt player who genuinely has the ability to be a beast, and you're putting like Bailey Humphrey in the CBAs over him, and like David Swallow in the CBAs Alex over Alex Davies. Alex Davies he in the had CBAs over him. He had heaps. That's horrible, mate. I'm I'm sorry, but like, and no disrespect to Alex Davies. But I don't think he's ever really gonna be like a, a great AFL player. Like his ceiling is not anywhere near as high as Fiorini's. And his his floor is not anywhere near as high as Fiorini's, But these guys getting opportunities over him is just is just frustrating. Yep.
1: Anyway, yeah. Okay, I've got one final bake. <laughs> We're still going. This is a long segment. Um, it's a huge... It's just... Yeah, a lot of hot bakes, man. Just the AFL about this whole sub sub stuff that's going on at the moment, the sub discussion, and the, the coaches that are just being silly about it and being crybabies about having to omit their players or whatever in inverted commas just to make them the sub next week. and it, AFL coaches. Yeah, AFL coaches. Like, like it's going to hurt Trent Cochin's feelings to be omitted for like one day when trent himself would know full well that like the coach would talk to him and say okay you're sub this week it doesn't matter what he's listed on the team sheets like Cochin doesn't care mate you know what i mean i don't know yeah it's, and then, it's
0: just words on it's just words on a screen yeah. it's not like he, it, he thinks Cochin is a bad player <laughs> yeah. or like any of that sort yeah. of crap
1: and both the scott both the scott brothers the coaches the scott brothers I just, they're being whingy about it. And it's like the coaches, they yeah. voted for how it is. And now they want to change it. And the way that it's going to change is just the biggest piss. Like they're just pissing on all the fantasy coaches, mate, who I just want to say are some of the most avid, supportive, like AFL fans that exist. You know, we watch all the games. We know all the players. All the games. Mate, we, like you will not find more avid AFL fans than fantasy coaches. And the and the AFL are just taking a piss on all of us, and it feels bad. But I feel like as a community, we kind of need to be like, "Yo, AFL, like, what's what's going on?" We, there there's, there yeah, should try be and, m- try and take a stand. Yeah, because like
0: all of us together. Yeah, man. Anyway, it's just I don't know. I don't know how we do it. Maybe we try and like make a petition. And <laughs> Maybe get, get like all the coaches on Twitter and Facebook yeah. and all the socials to to sign it. But I agree, mate. It's pretty disappointing because we, like you said, we tune into every game, basically, like, you know, fantasy coaches and fantasy fans. There's 150,000 of us and i got to tell you, I reckon the vast majority of the people watching like North v. Gold Coast on a late Sunday afternoon are AFL fantasy fans. Like, I feel like we probably contribute a lot of revenue to the AFL. Like, you know, we boost viewership numbers and we're like constantly engaged and like, I feel like Again, us as a community, as a fantasy community, helped to uh, have helped to expand what the game is becoming. Yeah, exactly. In a way. N- you know, not to not to like pump up our own tires or anything, but I feel like we're we're probably the most dedicated fans out of, you know, the bunch to just the game of AFL. And yeah, it's pretty it's pretty disappointing to have this stuff going against us. And then for them to tweet about it and it, in a pretty
1: yeah, uh, it was like AFL <laughs> fantasy fans look away. It's just like, ah, oh, man.
0: Yeah, come on, just, man. Are you, are you trying to provoke us? Like, yeah. if, this is frustrating. You don't need yeah. to, yeah, say <clears throat> stuff like that. Just Twitter was just frustrating over this weekend, <laughs> mate. and and so was the AFL.
1: I've got, I've got one more, cuz I've got one more, and I'm actually going to put a positive spin on this segment. We're doing. I'm going to flip it. Do a hot praise rather than a hot bake, and just the hot praise to the traders. Six hundred episodes. They, had, they released their 600th episode two days ago yep love it Well, they've they've done so much for this community and just like yeah hats off to them the traders you guys are legends Warney Roy Calvin you guys do the best stuff you guys make the best content we we the cousins here we've been fans of you guys for eight or nine years we've been listening almost from the start um listen to every episode since you guys you know since we've become fantasy fans.
0: Every single yeah, one, and ke- just keep <laughs> just
1: keep up the good work. Yeah,
0: hot yeah, praise agree. for the traders. Agree, mate. That's a good hot praise. Yeah, just to just to add on to your your hot praise. I, I don't think I would have become anywhere near as involved in the game and as much of a fan of fantasy as I am now if it wasn't for the traders because their bants on the podcast and their advice when I was starting out. Second to none. So yeah, shout out to the traders because they've they've definitely helped spark the fantasy love in myself. And I know they've done that for a lot of people. people yeah. Many other people in the community. So yep. the dads of fantasy. The dads, yeah. Three dads. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So
1: we're gonna do things a little bit differently today because it's a Wednesday. Uh, rather than doing our good, bad and ugly recap of the round, I feel like everyone already knows what people have scored. Emotions have settled down from the weekend and we're going to kind of do more of a discussion leading into the next round and talk about some players and some talking points as opposed to, you know, just recapping what happened like four or five days ago. So I've got a new segment for us and you have to envision us as King Arthur's men, we are the Knights of the Round Table, discussing all the hot topics in Fantasy land. Um, so this is our Knights of the Round Table" discussion segment. And I'm kicking us off with Callum Mills. Oh, it hurts. We I guess we are, <laughs> we already talked about it, but it hurts less now it, that there has been. It time, does hurt but. less, but uh, I guess the talking point, the the further talking point with this is just that the team is kind of like it. Not only did we cop three points, but the trades this week are kind of forced in the direction that you don't want to go. We have we both have to fix up Mills this week, and um, I guess like what what
0: are you thinking? What are you going to do? What's your plan? <laughs> The 64K loss is the real frustrating part because after the Mills news, so we posted our, we posted our trades on Twitter for for the first time, funnily enough. (laughs) Um, But after the, after the Mills news, I adjusted my trade because I was getting rid of Fergus and I got rid of Pedlar instead, which I'm now regretting, but I did it so I could cash up. But after looking at the, the options, you know, near Mills price, there's not, too many screaming out that I'd be keen to jump on. There's a couple, like Bailey Smith, I think is a good option. Um And the safety in his DPP because he should be around the top six mark for forwards. But me personally, I think I'm going down from Mills and getting in Seamus Mitchell who I missed because it's looking like he's, he could average around the 70 mark and using that cash to get Matty Roberts out of my team and bring in Bailey Humphrey, who's another gun rookie, basically just to strengthen my team for the buyers, um, cash up and then just ensure that my cash flow is still rolling <clears throat> to late into the season. What are you What are you looking
1: at? Well, my initial thoughts on so just talking about your moves, my initial thoughts on that when you when you floated the idea to me it was like, you're crazy, mate. You're trading <laughs> You're trading a primo <laughs> to like an overpriced rookie when i say overpriced like a high-priced
0: rookie seamus mitchell was what like four 412k yeah he's, he's he's not overpriced based on his average but he's overpriced based on his rookie status yeah well yeah a
1: four, 400k for a rookie is a lot i guess you're he's he's fir- for 14 for sorry yeah um he's firmly in that like mid-priced category now but He's shown that ceiling now. Well he's he's like a you know, a very cheap mid price, I guess you could call him, at four fourteen. Um but I guess the move the move is pretty valid the more I think about it, because you're really getting the cash yen going. Like Seamus himself is gonna go up
0: maybe what, 150k more? If you can keep Oh mate, Possibly even more than that. So if you if you take out his sub-affected game, which shouldn't have even happened, his average is is like right around that 70 mark. So he could go up 200K plus still 70, based on that.
1: 70 is solid. Very, very solid. I think you could do it for low 400s. And the fact that the money on the other end gets rid of a red dot leading into buyers, I think that's actually a solid move for you.
0: Yeah, I kind of liken it to the Jaden Hunt starting pick. It's kind of, you know, he's similarly priced. I see him doing a similar thing for the rest of the year. Um, You know, like low to mid seventies. I know Hunt's been a little bit better than that, but... um, And yeah, just just for cash gen. And like you said, getting getting rid of Matty Roberts, having the ability to get Matty Roberts to a rookie who's flying now in Humphrey, who has the good buy. And yeah, I, I can't see... Many more opportunities popping up where I'm able to get off a guy who's like 200k and is going to be a red dot for the rest of the season to get yeah. to a, a great rookie who's de- you know fairly expensive. So I'm I'm going to do it, and it leaves me with 295k as well. So yeah. I've got money to then upgrade Fergus Fergus Green next week to get him to a, a primo. So yeah, just, just it just feels like a smart move. It it is a little bit of a step back, but when you consider that Callum Mills was Andy McGrath last week who has a five round average of like 72. It's basically just a sideways trade and a massive cash generator. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull the trigger. Yeah, on.
1: It's like a slight restructure for the sake of cash gen and, and like better buy structure. Yeah. You're, you're, you're playing the long game with that, with those trades, I guess. Now for exactly. me, for me, it's a little difficult because I already have Seamus Mitchell. And so I, I guess I have to decide like, there's no there's no one I want to go mills down to and I think I think where I'm at I just want to go up to someone I feel comfortable with. Um now the tricky thing is it's hard to get enough money to get him up to someone I want. And it's really weird because I feel like there aren't that many guys in the 800k range this week that there usually are, you know? It feels like there aren't that many that I like. Um maybe maybe I throw a couple of couple of names at you. Or actually, no. We're going to get into a couple of, couple of quick fire names
0: later. But I- we could we could segue now if you want. I've also got a lot of interesting stats lined up about those specific players as well that are like you know mid mid seven hundreds to mid eight hundred k. It's
1: it's just a tricky one. Like so, there are there are a couple of couple of really cheap ones that are kind of. Uh, talking points this week, and they kind of have been buzzwords in the fantasy community this week. Like Matt Kennedy and Mitch Duncan, I think are the two that a lot of people are really looking at. And I, I just, I, I'm not at the point where I want to go there for Callum Mills. If I've was got a stat on Matt Kennedy, mate. Yeah, I, I've also got a stat on Matt Kennedy, but we'll, we'll get my, to we'll get maybe to maybe some it's the same stat <laughs> It could be the same stat. That would be pretty funny. <laughs> but I'm I'm keeping my keeping it close to my chest. Um, but. I don't really want to go there. I feel like if you got a rookie up to one of those guys, you might feel like it, it's a, it's a risk worth taking. But I don't know. I for me, I would just want to get Mills to a primo that has the same buy. That's that's what that's where I'm at at the moment. So that's that's yeah. what I'm looking at.
0: I th- I think yeah, I definitely think the Mills trade out is dictated by f- 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 each person just their individual team. Like for me, I need I need. Cash generation, and I want to get Seamus Mitchell in because of well, a big part of that is based on what Sam Mitchell said about him, him and Josh Weddle over the weekend, which was that they're becoming quickly becoming a part of their core group, which is just as much of a pump up as you could really expect to get. It's very, very positive, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's just a huge pump yeah. up. So, um, well, I'm keen to do that. But yeah, like you said, you want, you want a primo with the same buyer, which is what, round 12?
1: Uh, yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So who who let's do you want to have a quick look and see who's on that round 12? The exact teams. Yeah, well so it's Brisbane Fremantle <laughs> St Kilda and Sydney. It's an interesting one, mate. It's a hard one, isn't it? There aren't really the
1: the two yeah, the two mid targets that that are kind of there. I like it's just the two Saints boys, isn't it? Yeah, Steel, Crouch, and maybe, maybe, like Neil has that buy, but there's I, I'm not going there. I'm not touching Lockie Neil.
0: You could, yeah, I reckon you could jump on Neil. Not, th- but not this week though. The, the The thing is, you said you know you're keen to jump on someone that has the same buyer, but do you really want to trade in someone that's going to play two games and then miss one, like at? best as well is going to play two out of the next three games. Well, the reason it's, I got Mills in the first place is because it suited my structure. That was in that week, but that, that was a whole week ago. Now, like 33% of the games have passed in that time until the first buy. Um, Yeah. I, I've never been a fan of trading in guys who are going to miss games soon yeah so i feel you like, i feel you i guess it depends what's your structure looking like that's the other thing have, have you had like a proper look of how many you've got each week
1: yeah i have do you, did you want to go into it now maybe maybe we'll segue into our buy discussion and buy planning because that was another one of the talking points for the nights of yeah, the round works. table <laughs> to get into all right buy planning well yeah just buys in general this year it, it's a bit easier than normal because we have the four buy rounds. And just quickly, let, let's touch on it for those for our listeners that, you know, are playing for the first time and haven't haven't navigated the buys before. Basically quickly, the rules of the buys is your best 18 players count, your best 18 scores count. And you get th- on field, they have yes, to be on, on field. field. And you have three trades a week. So you have a bit of flexibility to do stuff with your team, but you just want to have a look ahead of time and just make sure you have at least 18 playing. And if you have more, say like 20, then the bottom two, your lowest two scores are going to drop off the end. So they're not going to count to your total that week. Um, So I guess our strategy, and something I'm doing a little bit differently this week is, I'm sorry, this year, is that rather than counting how many buy players I have each week, I've, I've actually gone and written down how many I have playing at this stage. And that's like really helped my brain. I don't know. That's just... That's just something that's been good for me um, this year. So currently, as it stands, I have in round 12, I have 12, uh, 20 playing. In round 13, I have 22. Round 14, I have 16. And then in round 15, I have 19 players playing. So I have at least 18 playing every week except round 14.
0: It seems like you've got a lot of rookies playing, mate. <laughs> So what I've done is is similar. So I used, shout out to Selby, the Marrera's Magic Buy Planner. And that is a great resource. If you're looking at buyers for the first time, it just makes it a bit simpler instead of having to do it all on your own. But I used his to plan mine. Um, And so what I've done is I've counted also the players playing, but I've crossed off players who will probably be playing but won't really score. Much yeah, so I crossed off Drury, uh, Chessa, who I think will be back in the team by the buyers. Um, I also crossed off Chincola because I think he he might not make it to the buyers and Bergman. Um, just to be like super safe, I and and Davy, sorry, <laughs> yeah. So
1: you're counting conservatively, or guys that you don't you don't feel confident are going to score much anyway.
0: Yeah, I'm am counting very conservatively just so I know that my my structure is as safe as possible, yeah. and I've got. 19 in round 12, 19 in round 13, 19 in round 14, and 14 in round 15. Oh.
1: That's probably how you want to go though. Like be be loaded up with buy players in round 15 so that you can trade through.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that That's my plan behind it. I think that's probably the best strategy, but yeah. sometimes you can, I mean, I've always been pretty lucky that every time I've, I've sort of looked at my team around buyers, my structure's just <laughs> been Pretty solid, anyway. Yeah, but you can get into a bit of trouble early in the season, just like trading into to primos from sp- specific teams, or and then have a wonky structure. But with the amount of trades that we've got, you know, we've got what well, two weeks before buyers, and then buyers actually start. So sixteen trades from now till the end of the buyer period to fix your team, which is heaps of time. It's a really. lot of you trades need to. Yeah. Yeah, just need to to look yeah. properly and, and make a little bit of a plan. And I think most people will get through this year.
1: Well, I think even for those of us, I think most people will be heavy in round 14 and 15 or 14 or 15. Like the back end of the buyers are more likely to be heavy. Um, the advantage we have this year is that round 13, I think everyone is going to have heaps of players. So what you can do is actually... Trade, like, make some moves on round 14 and 15 players in round 13. I think that's going to be a pretty yeah, popular early. strategy. And because we have the three trades that week, um, I think we're all going to be okay. Um, I suspect there's going to be a little bit of sideways trading from a lot of coaches. Um, if you can, generally, you try and avoid just, like, sideways trading primos through the buys. You want to still try and improve your team. Um, yeah, the,
0: gu- the guys that you'd be looking to move on are more the under, yeah. unders, primos yeah. or high-mid prices like Setters or JJ, yeah. those sorts of guys and yeah. get them to, to actual uber primos, guys yeah. that are close to being the top of their line. Yeah. So I
1: guess I guess to summarise, Keebs, um, to prepare for buyers, what we'd recommend as the cousins is to just first sit down and write down how many you have playing each week and then what you want to do is like sort of make a bit of a plan. So what you want to do is you want to have trade-in targets And then you want to have trade out targets like players that you sort of want to move on in the buys and see, see which ones you can get to which ones basically. So for me, as an example, right, I've identified that I will need to make some moves in round 14 because I'm a bit light on in that week. So, but it works out well for me because players that I can trade out that week, I have Setterfield, I have warple. Um, I have Seamus Mitchell who who'll be ready to go in that week. So that's already three that will have money on their head that I can do stuff with um that I don't want in my team going like going on post buys. So I've got I've got plans to get rid of those guys. And then I've identified some targets from that round twelve buy, like Callum Mills, Brad Crouch, Jack Steele, Lockie Neal, Andy Brayshaw. So there are a bunch of targets that I've just got in my mind. I'm gonna monitor their price leading into the buys and hopefully try and make some moves and a more definitive plan as we get even closer.
0: Yeah. One of the awesome things about the buyers, which is is underrated, is that you can always get uber primos in, which feels great because you can do two down, one up Yeah. instead of just one and one. Yeah. And so it's it's pretty easy to improve your team over the buyers. You just have to be careful to not jump on rookies that are just going to sit in your team and be red dots for the rest of the year.
1: Well, I think that that is actually one concern, and let's let's segue into our next talking point, which is the fact that there are just it's no all, rookies at the moment.
0: It's all going nicely, isn't it? It is mate? going it's nicely, just fl- flowing through.
1: <laughs> We've got some flow this morning, mate. A Bit of feng shui. It's the coffee. Yeah, it's definitely the coffee. Yeah, I'm two coffees deep. <laughs> <laughs> it's coffee instead of beers. Maybe that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. All it? right. Well. I think, yeah, the lack of rookies at the moment is is a massive concern. Just for, just for now, like with our, with our plans for this week, and also for the buyers, um, like I yeah I don't know at at this stage of this week, like I'm looking at bringing in someone that you, that is like highly priced for a rookie, which is Bailey Humphrey. What is he like 360k? Yeah, but to exactly. me to me I think he's the best option for my team. Um, this week and then going into the buys because A, he has job security, which like none of the other rookies really have. We've seen he has scoring potential now. He has like a two round average of like 80. Yep. His role is getting better week, like as the weeks go by. I think he had a few CBAs um, in round nine and a couple in round eight as well. Um, He's got a low break even. So even though he's like 360K, to me, he's one of the better cash gen options that we have to downgrade to. So I don't know. Are there any other names that you want to float out there? Cause I can't really think of anyone
0: to well, bring there's in. Not many coming, there's not many coming through. That's why I'm this week with my trades jumping on Mitchell and Humphrey. Cause it's two rookies I've missed, but I'm just, I'm just choosing not to miss them. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Um. Yeah. There's not really many coming through. Harry, Harry Sharp.
1: Harry Sharp is a popular one this week. What are your thoughts on him?
0: Yeah, I don't mind it, but JS is the concern with him. I mean, he showed that his scoring potential is fine. Um, He's got to 290K, and he's still cheap enough that you can grab. But this, I would say, for sharp, just based on JS, would definitely be the last week that you can jump on. Um, Another one who's come through is Tom Berry from Gold Coast. He also has that good buy. He's 309K, so he's on the expensive side. And he also possibly has some JS concerns, but, um, I think you could pay for him based on his buy as well. Like p- players, plays with that buy are just going to be so handy this year. Um, he doesn't have the best scoring potential, but I think he could average, you know, maybe a, a touch over 50 and could drop a, a, a decent score or two through the buyers to help get you through. Um, but yeah, it it really is a bit of a rookie crisis at the moment. Um the dogs have announced that O'Donnell is going to play another game, which is good, but his scoring just wasn't quite where you want it to be. Either um yeah, it's just a concern, yeah. mate. It's it's <laughs> he's got 10. He's got 10 <laughs> on the weekend. So yeah. He's still he's you know still basement price has a of 48. So you're probably not going to jump on that, are yeah. you? Well, yeah, it's, um, it's
1: concerning because the the ones that are coming in are just absolutely flopping. Like what, Drury, Drury scored like what, 25 or something? 27? 25, 25. yeah.
0: Fleeton, what did he score? Like 30, 31? 31. Yeah.
1: It's concerning.
0: The, the, the one that you could jump on straight away if he gets named is Fahy from the Giants. If he's if he's named up, I will just jump straight on him because his scoring early in the season in the VFL was massive. Um, His scoring has taken a hit the last few weeks, but it's because they've moved him onto a wing in the VFL to see him in another role, basically, so they can try and push him into the senior team. So they're trying to get experience into him in different roles so he can have an extended run in the senior team. So if he's named, I think he'll play you know, a few games at least. So he's one that I would jump on straight away, but... Yeah, other than that, it's just the guys really in like the the mid 300k range who I th- you've seemingly missed but you're going to have you might have to ju- I think, just, I think know, paying up might bullet. be the way to go, yeah, just cuz they have the low
1: break evens as well. Um just just quickly back to back to Harry Sharp. Who's he in the team for at the moment? Like who who have Brisbane got to come back in? Rich was out, right? Rich has been out.
0: Yeah, yeah, Rich Rich um I don't necessarily think that he's really holding anyone out of the team because um, if you look at sort of the bottom end of Brisbane's list, it's pretty poor. I just think that he's probably, he, you know, he's made his way in on merit and, he's he you know, if he keeps playing the way that he has, he's, he's probably just going to stay in the team. Rich is the only player from their best 22, best, you know, 30 that is injured at the moment. So, um, I, yeah, I think Sharp stays in the team. The concern with him, though, is that, once Rich comes back, he might get pushed out to be a sub and you won't know because <laughs> teams named 23 now. Yeah. So
1: yeah, so Rich is listed as one to two weeks away on the injury list at the moment. And I guess like I I haven't watched Brisbane in a couple of weeks now. Has has um, Wilmot been playing in the back line with Sharp on the wing? Is that what is that what they've been doing? Because I know Wilmot was on the wing when, when Rich was in the team.
0: I think, I, th- I can't say I've, I've seen a whole lot of Brisbane either over the past couple of weeks, but I think he spent a bit of time in both, Wilmot. Um, there's definitely been talk of him playing in the back line, but I don't know how. Yeah, so he had two kick-ins on the weekend, Wilmot. Um, yeah. so And if you look at his he- heat map, it's it's mostly defense. Disposal efficiency was good too. That's actually, I think, probably a good sign for Wilmot. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: he'll just go back onto the wing as soon as Rich is back. Like I don't think his job security is a concern at all but i'm just talking about sharp if Sharpie's just yeah, going to yeah. get get flicked out yeah sharp is
0: definitely on the wing looking at his heat map yeah sharp for sure but i what i was getting at was um yeah i think wilmot might stay in defense and play and and continue to play a bit more defense even when rich comes back um but yeah sharp sharp has been good man i, I can't see why they would omit him from the team it's just I feel like it's such a hard year to predict what coaches are going to do. (laughs) Very hard year. Yeah. But, you know, like Answorth has been the sub for for Brisbane um, regularly recently and his form has been pretty poor. If you look down their list, they've got a few guys underperforming, but it's kind of hard to see anyone else going out of the team over Sharp. Like Sharp probably gets pushed out to be the sub when Rich comes in. That's what I've, like, it, if you look at their team list right now, <laughs> which, which I'm doing um, from the weekend, like right down the bottom, you see Answorth, Gunston, Cameron, Jared Berry, Stasevich, McCarthy, Payne, like none of those guys are going out no, of the team. None of them. Answorth, Answorth is the only one. So, um, yeah, it is, or Leicester, actually. Leicester's probably the other one that that would, would potentially go out for Rich. So maybe Sharp has some JS in the, in the, Short term, um, like no, ordinarily, you would just be like, yeah, just just get him. But
1: the fact that we'd need him over the buyers and that like it's two weeks until their buy, and then Rich will be cherry ripe in like three rounds from now, coming off their buy, and it's just like, well, sharp. And and buyers are also a great opportunity for coaches to soft drop their players as well because they don't play for a round. You know, you you get what I mean. Like it's not like they're omitting someone; they just like didn't play the week before.
0: Yeah, they still technically do, but yeah, I get you. Yeah, you're but saying. so
1: but there's like two weeks between games, so it's almost like a reset to the psyche <laughs> of yeah, the team sheets.
0: Um, but yeah, so sorry, I go. was just gonna say, I think Leicester might be the one. His form's actually been decent, but you know, Leicester and Answorth, maybe Sharp gets an extended run. Yeah, when Rich comes back, but I, it's hard. I guess, it's
1: just hard. I guess, we would say go go Humphrey just for job security at this stage, right? If we were to rank them, yeah. we'd say Humphrey if you if you can still do your other trade with him as your target. For sure, Humphrey. Humphrey. Yeah. Then Sharp. What are your thoughts on Mitch Nevitt? I'm throwing a yeah. bit of a curveball at you. No, he had a sub. Absolutely. No, not. so he was sub, right? And then since then, he's gone 47, 56, and a 70. But who does he
0: play for? Geelong. Exactly. Yeah, he's got the goodbye. <laughs> It's you just don't you just don't do that to yourself. Like there's he's not staying in the team. Geelong just historically do not play young players in the team. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. Yeah, it's true. Um, another one that you could jump on, I think, is Josh Weddle from the Hawks. He's low three hundreds, which is still on the expensive side, but he was included in what Sam Mitchell said about Seamus Mitchell, which was that the quote was that uh, Seamus and Josh Weddle – are fast becoming members of that core group of players. So the fact that he was included in that means that his JS is excellent, and he's low three hundred. So if you want a guy with JS, he's another one you could j- jump on. But again, because of his price, it's probably <laughs> the last week <laughs> that you want to yeah, get. Yeah,
1: it's a, it's a tricky tricky week for it, but
0: it's a real crisis. I, I would mate. be it going a, a genuine. I would be going
1: sharp over over Weddle
0: if it was me. I, I disagree. Actually, really, that's it's just based on JS. Really, like Sharp scoring is is possibly going to be better, but I think Weddle's JS is is a lot stronger. Hawks, yeah, but Hawks are just going to keep losing games, and like, yeah, but I, 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 I don't what, know. What does that? What does that matter for a fantasy rookie? I think like it how, just he's means not like gonna get dropped. Well, I reckon it could be could mean that. Wait, well, he, he could get dropped at some stage, but based on what Sam Mitchell said you know, as recently as like three days ago, yeah. I, I don't think it, I don't think he'll get dropped for a while. Still.
1: But they also have players that can play that position waiting in the wings. They have Bramble, they have Scrimshaw that he's keeping out of the team. I think, I honestly think that
0: Scrim is just like a whipping boy for Savage. Yeah, he or is. I don't think he, he is, but I he, think could, he, rates him at he all. could easily just come in, you know, that's what I mean. I ca- I, I just I can't see Weddle going out of the team in the next few weeks, just based on what Sam Mitchell said. Yeah, maybe not. He's, he's fast becoming a part of the core group. <laughs> the core group is like ten guys who play every single week and are never in trouble. You, he's, he's he's playing. <laughs> you mate. love that he's quote. Like, you love that quote, Mate, That quote is the entire reason that I'm paying 414k for a rookie. <laughs> um, I can sense.
1: I can sense Sam Mitchell becoming a hot bake in a couple of weeks. Off that the back would of be that quote.
0: Some funny and upsetting content. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, again, looking down the risk, the the list of rookies, there's not a whole lot. Ryan Angwin's another one from the Giants that you, you could look at getting in, but his average is just so poor. Other than that. Okay,
1: so let's let's rank him. So we're saying Humphrey, Sharp, then maybe Faye.
0: Weddle. Weddle, Faye. I, I yeah I like Weddle more than Chop, but yeah that that works. I for guess me. it all <laughs> slightly
1: depends on what you do on the other end of the trade as well with money. Like Humphrey yeah. gives you way less flexibility with the second trade, so it, it's all situational. But that that would be probably how we how we rank them in terms of scoring ability, job security, role, things like that.
0: That's probably how we'd rank it's, them, right? Yeah, more or less. I just I think Weddle is a safer pick than sharp just based on JS. But um yeah, sharp, sharp scoring potential is definitely better. The it's, it's pretty telling that our fourth ranked rookie is not even hasn't even made his debut. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um I think, I think Angwin is an option, but you can't expect much more than, you know, a 40 or a 50 from him, but he could, these rookies do tend to pop up and, and, you know, save you over the buyers. Like, you know, every year there's a guy coasting through averaging 40 who drops like a 70 in the buyers and you're like, yes, (laughs) that was all I needed from you. Yep. Just makes the entire season. Like Fergus Green, even this year is a perfect example. I fielded him once this year, Fergus Green, and that was for a 70. And on the year, he's averaging 42. (laughs) You know, so if someone's playing each week, I think it's a better option than then taking a risk on someone who, who might not. Yeah, they might clutch up for you.
1: Um, all right. So I guess we should move on to our next discussion point, which I've written down here as new fantasy goat coach question mark. And that is for a bit of context. That is Matty Mottram, who was the winner of AFL fantasy classic last year, overall winner, won the Hilux. He is steadily climbing. He's now up to ninth overall, which is nuts. Um, if he goes back to back is he is he equal goat? Are we calling him that?
0: Well, <laughs> oh. I don't know. Back to back mate. Who goes back to back? Who I does mean, that? Two or one person ever, but <laughs> Selby's kind of like the OG fantasy goat. Um, I tell you what might happen though, and this this should should be very concerning for the entire fantasy community is he, he might l- lure Selby out of retirement. <laughs> and then we've and then the rest of us coaches have to contend with Matty Mottram and Selby. <laughs> I think... Who have won four cars between them. That's crazy, <laughs> mate. Imagine that, mate. The garage. Um,
1: that would I be think Holmesy actually flagged that exact thing on the on the pod pod. Selby coming out of yeah. retirement. And it's funny that that's it's, it's Holmesy saying it as well, who's also considered one of the great fantasy... Yeah, just an two, absolute beast. I think he's had two top 10 finishes before, came second a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. Yeah. Imagine, imagine just sitting there listening to the three of them discuss fantasy. It'd be good content. Crazy, mate. Yeah.
0: It's uh hopefully, mate. I hope one day that, that we can elevate ourselves into that status of just fantasy great. Even like a top ten finish. Just get a little bit of cash. That would be great. <laughs> That'd be great, mate. I'd prefer the hat. Hat is, is well, enough yeah, for me, mate. Me, me too. <laughs> I would happily finish a hundredth and get the hat. Or if the traders are doing the the one hundred and one mug that they said they were going to do, they last have been year. doing it. Yeah, so good. Yeah, d- do it again. I'll happily finish hundred first yeah. and just get a fantasy mug. I just want to win something, man. <laughs> oh, it's actually pretty funny. We were we were talking about
1: this. Like, it's so it's so good that fantasy do just like caps for the top one hundred finishes. Just like a little memento. Just it like. It means so much to fantasy coaches to rank highly and just have a little thing to show yeah. for it is like so cool. The other the other games need the other platforms need to get on board. Cause we were talking about it. Like my my fantasy rank is just shot at this point this season. Um, but my super coach is like flying and I'm like, mate, I'm in hat contention. And you're like, there is no hat. <laughs> you just you're in contention, nothing
0: contention. Yeah, just contention. <laughs> Uh, um, which is pretty funny it's funny mate I, I would happily play fantasy for the next 60 years win one one hundredth place hat and I could die happy man yeah. yeah and like achieve all, all that I, I I really wanted to achieve in fantasy or needed to achieve yeah. but, one hat mate that's all, that's all I want but if you
1: don't you've brought shame to yourself <laughs> to family. your family yeah to our family to the podcast, yeah, to everyone. our listeners you brought shame to all
0: of us the cousins you too you too mate yeah <laughs> One day, one yeah. day, mate. Uh, that, that'd be that'd be nice to dream. I I don't even know. I'll, I'll literally frame that hat and just hang it up in the, in the podcasting studio. You wouldn't, and then every time you walk walk in, you have to kiss it. <laughs> you wouldn't cover your bald head with it. No, mate. The, the Chrome Dome needs to be seen by everyone. <laughs>
1: All right, let's move on to our final discussion point, which is the new team Whoa. selection rules.
0: I was going to say before you move on, we've already discussed this because you hot-baked it. I did, yeah, but like... We don't need to discuss it, mate. All right. It's already been discussed. There's nothing really to discuss, just that it's frustrating. And it, it, all it means is that we have to try and predict now who the subs are from the 23. The other concerning part to it was that the AFL said that teams can, can treat emergencies as like part of the squad and they can make changes with them. um, like you know, at a moment's notice, which is also frustrating. But again, there's not much to say other than that. It's disappointing for fantasy coaches and it means that everyone has to just be a bit more prepared now when it comes yeah. to the games on the weekend. Just
1: quickly, I did want to discuss it because it feels like there's a lack of clarity to like, when, when does this come in place? Is it in place as of this week? That It feels, feels a bit unclear to me.
0: Apologies to our listeners. I'm a, a bit of a sick man. <laughs> yeah, you're sneezing and sniffling, sniffling away. Yeah. Um, sorry, what was that, mate? I, I actually, I was just saying, there's a lack of
1: clarity because, I, like, I don't know when all this comes into place. Like, is that is it starting now? Is it starting in a couple of weeks? Is it next season? Like, what?
0: Yeah, it's unclear. I think That's they, what I mean. It. I think, I think they just said that it it's happening soon. Kind of, yeah. Also, awesome. I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of confused. Classic I think, AFL. Just even even more. Just shitting on us. We, we can expect to see it at some stage within the next. Well, this this week, even maybe. I think I don't know. I, I, I no don't know. one knows, honestly. Yeah, it's happening soon, though. So be prepared, yeah, people. Stay alert. All right, we'll post about it if it happens this week. <clears throat> well, that concludes our nights of the roundtable
1: discussion. <laughs> We've covered everything in fantasy land. I think we're pretty thorough. Um, let's move on to our next segment, and I wanted to have a quick discussion or quick quick fire um of some players who are potential options i'm just going to float some names to your keeps you don't have to say yes or no um but just give us a little you know give us your thoughts on all these players i've got a quick fire
0: for you all right i've got one for you as well mate but mine is massive massive (laughs) (laughs) yeah i've got a lot of players oh right 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 i thought you meant like one player
1: that was massive um i got excited all right, well, I'll hit you with mine first, and then you hit me with yours. All right. Um, first one is Matt Kennedy.
0: Yeah, love it. He's cheap. Uh, I've got stats on him. I've got a st- I've got stats on everyone, mate. I'm the stat man. But <laughs> um, no, nah, he's, he's, you know, 647K. He's cheap enough that you can easily jump on and expect 90 plus. He has JS concerns, so you'd want to do it from a rookie. But yeah, I love it. All right. Mitch Duncan. Do not get him in your team. He is so inconsistent now. He's one of the fantasy like OGs. He's done a lot for our teams, but he's just old now. Plays for a team that are going to rest him. He's dropped, what, a 40, a 50, and a 60 in the last like five weeks. Just don't do that to yourself. Don't, do not do get Mitch Duncan. Under any circumstances, people, don't do it.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you on that one. He, he will drop a couple of ceiling games. It's what oh, he does, course. but the thing is, like – I went. I went. I tried to find some stats on Mitch Duncan because I I was thinking about it and I wanted to talk about it on the pod. And just when you look at those three games—the forty and the fifty and the sixty—how do you explain those scores? I know the forty. I think he was tagged, right? But the, then the yeah, other he, two. He, he, what? What? The, you actually can't find an explanation for the scores, and that's the main concern. It's just like, oh, he's he will just have a shit game whenever he wants to.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's because he. Uh, it's because he, he plays a more inconsistent role now, and he's old. But. Yeah, don't don't do that. Don't just don't do it. Everyone, everyone, no. <laughs> <laughs> There's your warning. All right. Here's one for you, Brad Crouch. Yeah, he's cheap. Scores have been inconsistent. Um, it's a little bit would be a little bit frustrating as uh, as owners, but um, yeah, he's cheap enough now that you can just pull the trigger and not really think twice about it.
1: He has been sitting in as my trade target for probably two or three days now. Um, he's basically the best I can get to for, <laughs> for Mills. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it feels weird because like four weeks ago, we were all thinking like he is comfortably a top eight mid. We were all like, man, he'd be such a rude pod. We all like in hindsight, we're like, oh man, we should have got him. He's, ha- he's going to have such a great season just the way he finished last year. And then as soon as Steele came back into the team, he's just gone full potato I think he's scored two seventies an eighty and a ninety.
0: Is that right? Yeah, yeah. The concern is that it does overlap. It, it coincides with Steel coming back into the team, but I don't. I don't actually think the two things are related. I think it's just a coincidence, and he should be like a one hundred and five guy for the rest of the year. I think so too. Like if you if you look at his history, their history together, um,
1: he doesn't. He hasn't affected Crouch that much historically. Nah. Um, and it's not like Crouch has had no CBAs in that time. I think he he had slightly less. Like when Steele was out, he had like ninety percent CBAs in one of those weeks. But he's still getting like sixty five percent CBAs minimum. Like he's getting seventy plus most weeks, even with Steele in the team. That should be plenty to see ceiling scores. I just think it's I think it's form. I think maybe um, Saint Kilda's Saint Kilda's fantasy scores have kind of dropped off. A little bit over the last month as well, compared to how they started this season. This is definitely not quick fire. Yeah, sorry. Well, I guess it's just <laughs>
0: I guess it's just player player discussion. It's worth um, discussing though. It's not. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, just think about how Brad Crouch ended last year. with stealing still in the team. I, like, it's unrelated. Brad Crouch is is a good option. He's going 100 to be a hundred to one hundred five. Like, it's it's what he's always been. He's just in a, a bit of a rut, but it's not going to continue. He'll he'll be fine. Yeah.
1: The funny thing is though. Like I was listening to the Pod Pod yesterday and they they quickly I think Dossie floated floated um Brad Crouch's name and um (laughs) Holmesy, who we mentioned before is one of the one of the great fantasy coaches, is a Brad Crouch owner at the moment and he was like, For any of you listening right now, do not pick Brad Crouch. And I, I just I felt so seen in that moment. Like it, it I, I got chills, like he was talking directly to me. Um so I don't know. I, I I've got the n I've got the ick about it now. So yeah. We'll we'll
0: see if we if I go with it. Um all right, Bailey Humphrey. Yeah, we've already discussed it. Yeah. He's he's probably the best rookie option at the moment. Rory Atkins, too late? Uh I think you could still jump on this week. He's still cheap enough. He's not like Super expensive. JS is still a concern, but the good buy, you know, his scoring potential and his average just it still all lines up for me. So, um, you could still jump on. Errol Goulden, If you're a non-owner, are you chasing? No, nah, he's too expensive now. He's not gonna. He's not gonna keep dropping one fifties and one sixties. He might have another one or two for the for the rest of the year, but um, I just I can't see this form being sustainable. So you know, nine hundred k. There's probably better options like. Know Andy Brayshaw, Rory Laird are around that price. So, okay, it's a no fair. Hayden Young, uh, yes, you could, um, averaging 90 now, which is actually outperforming his starting price. Um, he's in some solid form now. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind the pick. I think there's, you know, definitely better defenders around, but he's probably one of the underpriced ones that you could feel relatively comfortable jumping yeah, on.
1: It's a weird one because, like, with that, with the first buy around he'd be one that you would flag as a target to bring in after his buy, but like the value presents itself now. Like he, he's, he's probably going to yeah. be like fully, fully priced or fairly priced by the time he's had his buy. All
0: right. What about Zach Butters? Yeah. Love it. I'm going to, I'm just going to start listing off my stats as we talk about. All right, yeah, yeah. Do that. Do that. <laughs> um, I'm just quickly, my stat on Matt Kennedy might as well say it. Cause we've already discussed him was that, where are we? Uh, he averages 96.6 when he has over 40% CBAs <laughs> since the start of 2021. You know what's pretty funny?
1: Is it the same stat? Almost the same stat. I went I went and did some stat digging on Matt Kennedy and I said, since 2021, when Matt Kennedy has had above 50% CBAs, he's averaged 98.4 from 23 games. So almost, almost
0: the same stat. Similar, yeah both good 40% is for a, for a 97 50 for a, what a 99 that that's so solid. if if matt kennedy's in the in the CBA rotation he's going to score well yeah um all right returning back to butters he has averaged 98.7 since he moved into the midfield from uh, ports last six games that's a, a decent sample size now of of some solid form he's still under 800k i, I yeah you could definitely jump on he's He's made a believer out of me because I wasn't keen after his first couple of games. I was like, nah, classic butters, just a random patch of form doesn't mean anything. But it's been sustained now. So he's still underpriced. Um, yeah, I like the pick. I think he's around the mark for a top six forward. Yeah. We've said it for years that he's had so much
1: fantasy potential. And I think this year might be the year that he finally puts it together. All right. One last name from my list is Bailey Smith.
0: Yeah, I think this one's a no brainer. You, you sourced the stat last week. I uh, this is actually your stat, but I've got it written down. Um it's that he averaged 106.6 with 50 plus uh 50% plus CBAs from 15 games um since the start of 2021. That's solid form. Well, he had 87% on the weekend. I think he's, you know, if he if he keeps the CBAs up, well I mean, we got the stats to back it up. He's a 105 guy at least. So um yeah, it's an awesome option. He's still super cheap as well. He's going to be around the top the, the top 6 mark, so I'm a I'm a massive fan of Baz this week just to play Devil's Advocate. Trelaw
1: is listed as 1 to 2 weeks um with his hamstring injury. Are you concerned? I don't think it matters too much. I just much. think Dogs midfield rotation has just been so up in the air all year. Um and obviously we we're, we're saying that his value it presents itself because of the fact that he's getting CBAs, you know, but outside of the CBAs, what, what is Baz average? It's like 90, it's like high nineties. I think like 96 or 97 off the top of my head.
0: With no CBAs. I can't remember.
1: It was like sub, like any less than 92. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, Yeah, it's like kind of where he's priced, you know? So it's, that's less, but the value is only there if he can maintain the role. And Trelaw was getting so many CBAs, um,
0: before he got injured and he's only one to two weeks away. I don't think it's is gonna come back and they're just gonna chuck Bailey Smith back back in the forward line though. Like, I I don't think he's gonna lose all his CBAs just because Trelaw comes back. Um and even if he does, 90 92, like mid 90s for a Ford is is not bad by any means. So I think it's just a safe, it's a safe pick. Yeah. He'll be around the mark for a top yeah. six. If not, you know, he'll he's only gonna be a couple points away. So yeah, it's still you know a season long keeper pick. Yeah. I think
1: you just have to curb your like your enthusiasm with it or your expectations a little bit, just because like I don't think you should expect the uber 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 primo that he was at the start of last year. Maybe for the next couple of weeks, but like oh he's not he's not averaging like one thirty. No 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 way. <laughs> That's what he did the start yeah, last year. But like I, I just mean like yeah I guess he's still a decent pick as a forward because he'll be around the mark of a top six even even with that mid nineties average that he might go back to. With Trelaw coming back, but who knows? He might he Are might you- not go back to it. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah. All right. I'll uh, I'll get going on some of my names. Yes, I got to just delete delete some of my list because we we overlap. Simkin is my first name. Ah. Uh, not yet. Got a stat for go. you. <laughs> so, Simkin is averaging ninety four point two since the start of 2021 from 49 games. So that, that is a three-year sample size of him being a mid-90s guy, and he's 700K. That like that is just – that's a yes every day in my book. You get – you know, you, you take the, the good with the bad with, with Simpkin. He's going to have random games where he drops a 60 for no reason, and it's frustrating. But being that cheap, I, just, I think it's a, it's a massive yes. Personally. Yep. All right. Day. Will Day. I'm saying no. Yeah, me too. He's only averaged 87.7. oh uh, sorry, 87.3 since coming back from his suspension. Um, which is a little bit of of a, a disappointing hold for owners, I would say. That's probably where I see his form staying as well for the rest of the 90, year. 90. Yeah, around the 90 mark, I would say. All right, JJ. Um, What's he priced at now? I'm going to say no
1: 651 He's put up good scores And he has he has been a genuine primo in the past But I'm saying no He, he hasn't been a primo Hasn't he averaged like 90 90 plus before? Like 93 or I something? Think,
0: JJ, I think he averaged 92 from like 10 games one Oh, year. okay but, uh, um, I've got another stat for you right, Go, 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 go <laughs> So, JJ has a seven-game average of 84.1 since he's moved back into defense. And that has coincided with the Dogs going 6-1 and one with a percentage of 125.1. Wow. So I And I actually think it's a decent influence over the result of games. He is a gun in defense. He's so much
1: better I, there. I, could, I, I can't believe
0: how long Bevo is playing him in the forward line for. Ridiculous. Yeah. I could I could see him sustaining an eighty five for the rest of the year based on on previous form, yep. previous history. Yep. All right, next name is Witherden. I've got I've literally got stats on all these. Yeah, players, go
1: keep so. just keep going. You're on a roll, mate.
0: What What do you think of Witherton, mate? What's he priced at? I haven't actually looked or, at him. Or do you want me to just, just hit me with it? Off. Just keep going. All right, so my stat on Witherden, where are we? Bang. He's averaging 92.8 without Hearn, Hearn in the team since he moved to West Coast, which is 13 games. Hearn is actually injured at the moment, but he's only one to two away. It's more of a stat for the future, I guess, that you know, if Hearn does retire at the end of this year, Witherden could be an awesome starting pick next year. Um, he's 624K, though, as a defender, which is cheap. As- so cheap. So cheap. All right, fiorini is is my next name no stout and Fiorini, mate I, w- I just want your opinion um uh well I'm not recommending anyone to buy him
1: you pr- you probably want to jump off soon as an owner as well to be honest just with the role I was like we I think we we're both hoping that he'd get a handful of Cbas at the very least and he's literally been declining
0: yeah declining each week too I can't make sense of it mate it, it, it he he was in good form too like he played two good games it's, it's not like he's you know his form has been bad by any stretch so yeah i think i think uh, he still has
1: a couple of good scores in there it's just the nature of the wing roll as well like i think he sh- he should be able to get his price up to 700 hopefully if he can get one more good score in there and and we can offload him at the end of the buys that's what i'm thinking
0: yeah all right Matt Rowell, i've got a start on go uh, he has a five-round average of 105.2. What do you think of him as an option now? I think with his good buy and that that solid recent form, he's. I called it at the start of the year after our first pod. I was like, "Yeah, Matt Rail breakout," and it's happening. And I wish I jumped on, but what do you think about jumping on now? I'm saying no. I'm saying no. Wow.
1: Yeah. Why? I don't know. I just. What's he priced at? I think 807. Let me have a look. You have caught me off guard with this one as a pick
0: now. Like hats off to you if you if you did it before. He so he before I decided to do my my rookie my rookie swaps, he was actually the guy that was in my team as a pick because he has that great buyer. He wouldn't be a guy that you'd w- really want to roll with for the rest of the year, but someone to jump on now and ride through the buyers. I reckon he could be an awesome pick.
1: Yeah, I just the way I see it, he loves playing against West Coast. He smashes him every time. (laughs) Who's he got coming up? Brisbane, Bulldogs, Adelaide. They have a hard run. Like, so hard. Brisbane, Bulldogs, Adelaide is like as
0: hard as it gets at the moment. But I don't necessarily think Raul's scoring is too matchup dependent. Being like a real grunt inside tackler, I reckon you can rack up tackles against anyone. So... I think he could maintain like close to hundred throughout the buyers and be a good pick. I
1: think he'll be solid, but it's one of those ones that you've missed the good score itself, and I don't think he's having seventeen tackles again. No, nah, possibly not. You know, All right. I've got a very left field right, one for you, Jack Viney. Whoa, uh, that that is not even a name that has crossed my mind at all.
0: Let he's me have a 821, look. Eight hundred twenty-one. Oh no, he's still cheap. Five cheap? An average of one hundred and three. Eight
1: twenty-one is not cheap it's pretty cheap and his form is actually phenomenal in the last six weeks it's solid but it's not it's not anything to write home about for for someone that's 820k he's gone he had two 80s in a row in the last three weeks could be a solid pod that's all all right saying. all right McCrae well if yeah he if he gets forward status I'm interested but
0: I think he's a low 90s guy now I think paying 800k for someone of his caliber even being a low nineties guy is is still a solid. Pick
1: yeah, up. I looked at it. I, I I had a long, hard look at it this week for my options for Mills. I need an underpriced guy, but I, I want to see. Could, I want
0: to see some CBAs, man. He could creep down in price. I tell you what, if McCrae gets to like seven fifty k, because his B is still one ten, um, and DPPs aren't for another two weeks, three weeks, um. That is just the juiciest pick. Like cheap McRae as a forward. Come on. Even if he keeps average 90, it's still just such a fun (laughs) player to have in your team. All right. Lockie Ash. You could. You could. I think Cummings
1: out for how many more? Like a couple more, like three or four, something like that. I think they said.
0: Cummings got dropped, didn't he? No, he was injured. There you go. Oh wow, five weeks. I thought he got dropped. I tell you what, he deserved to get dropped. Yeah. He was in crap. He was. They're not going to yeah, drop five him. five weeks. They're not going to drop him five weeks. Yeah, <laughs> he could have been dropped. <laughs> he could have been dropped. Um, no, nah, sorry. Yeah, five weeks. Where's he? Where's he priced at? I I I would prefer Whitfield. Oh, yeah, obviously, but Whitfield is significantly more expensive. Is he? Ash is seven twenty six k. It's like eight hundred k now. What is he? Yeah. It's Whitfield man. He's he's averaging ninety and that's with like an injured forty in it. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. Yeah. Whit's actually having a great a great season. He is, isn't he? Like if you brought, brought him in at any point over the last six weeks, you'd be you'd be pretty happy with it.
1: There you go. Uh all right. Yeah, you could do it. I'm I'm saying you can do Ash. it, yeah. Yeah, I don't mind the pick either. Right, uh, what about Max Gorn? Um I'm looking at it. Um, if he gets forward status, yeah. I don't know. I, I think the only the only way you jump on him now is if you're if you if you're rolling with like Samson Ryan and R two and you want to upgrade or something, you know. Like yeah. I don't I don't see who you're trading out of the rock department at the moment.
0: If Max does get forward status, he's he's probably going to be one of the first players I try and jump on because there's no R threes coming through, and so having like any kind of rock insurance backup. Would just be so valuable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he'd be, he'd be one of the first guys to jump yeah. on if you get just DVD, just just
1: on that quickly though. Actually, another name to float as just a watch is Darcy Cameron is expected to to be back this week.
0: Yeah, you just need to see some like you know a game or two of form when he comes yeah. back off, off off a big injury, yeah. but he's still but cheap, he's got so that. Yeah, I know. think
1: he has an early buy, doesn't he? Oh no, round
0: fourteen, off the top of my head. I can't say I, I memorise every team's buy, but yeah, he's got the round fourteen
1: <laughs> buy. He could he could be a trade in option into the final buy. Po- He'll be
0: cheap Plays a couple games, and he's yeah. got the forward but forward ruck status. The cons- c- the concern is Mason Cox, man. Yeah. He was phenomenal he was on wasn't the weekend. he? <laughs> scenes. It's a funny thing. Absolute to say. scenes. All right, I've got one more name for right. you that I know that you you were actually intrigued by last week, which is Jager, John. Nah. I'm saying no now, actually. Even though he was good again. You've changed your mind.
1: The The thing is, right, is that Fife has played inside mid as the sub two weeks in a row, and I think it's only a matter of time before he gets a full game as an inside mid.
0: John's not role is going to change. <laughs> <not> role. <laughs> John's role is not going to change when, when Fife gets a full John's game. John's not role? He'll st- yeah, but he will stay. He'll stay as an inside mid. Uh, Erasmus has been getting CBAs Yeah In the last But he's couple. been He's That's, been solid as well though Yeah I know But I'm, I'm saying He's probably gonna be They're, they're not gonna Take John Who's in the leadership group And like they, they just recruited Out of the CBAs Like clearly they're not Because his form Early in the year Was crap And he still got CBAs Yeah So Alright Should we get on to Some stats mate Just quickly some awesome, Hold the some phone mate stats? Hold
1: the phone It's time for our Rob check in You forgot didn't you I did forget this week. (laughs) It's time to check in on the big fella. This week he had 39 hit outs and still only managed 76 points. One tackle isn't what you want to see from the great man. And uh, our motto for for Rob is hit outs and effort. And uh, this week he only brought one of them to the table. So
0: he was getting annihilated (laughs) by Marshall. Like he, I, I don't know what the exact stats are, But at halftime, he was on like 21, and he was getting smashed in the hitouts, just getting like obliterated around the ground. It was probably the worst game I've seen Rob play up until that point. (laughs) Um, But I want to see his last quarter stats because Marshall, yeah, Marshall rested in the last quarter, and Rob, that's when Rob did most of his damage. He had 33 points in the last quarter. So, yeah, I think it was just. Bit of luck that got into a 70. <laughs> we need more from the big fella. Our reputation. Bit, con- <laughs> bit, bit concerning, that. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's, um, he's kind of representing like how our seasons are going. The Cousins from a, from an AFL fantasy perspective.
0: We're just... Just wonky. Yeah,
1: as, as Rob goes down, Wobbly. we go down with the ship, you know. 100%. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, I think it's time to get into our interesting stats segment. You've actually been rolling off heaps of great stats today.
0: Um, but I've got a couple prepared for you. Yeah, I, I don't actually have that many left, but I still do have a few. <laughs> All right. So. Well, I've got, I've got, I think two. All,
1: right, All me- right. The first one is this: in the last five games against Matt Flynn, Ruckman have outperformed their season average by twenty three point seven nine points. So to put that in perspective, Jeez. that's almost double the figure that Rucks have been outperforming their average when playing against Bailey Williams and West Coast. Which, as we know, wow. has been like the easiest ruck matchup this year. Now, this week, Rowan Marshall comes up against Flynn. And if. Captain. Yeah, yeah Captain. exactly. Well, if you project his score from this stat this week, it gets you a 133.49. And it would be even higher if Marshall hadn't been rested in three. Twice. No, three, four quarters. Three. This wow. year. Well, once he got subbed off. And then. No, twice he got subbed off, sorry. In probably the last five weeks And then last week as well He sat out a huge chunk Of the last quarter So I'm calling that three times He's been rested In the fourth quarter um, You know If that hadn't happened Marshall's average Would probably be close To the 115 mark I reckon Yeah maybe even more Well the game
0: that he got rested Against Port I want to say Yeah maybe I can't remember He, I, Yeah I can't remember either But he was on track No Gold Coast No because Port was, Port was Coast, when he went massive Rocking against Moyle yeah. Yeah. Um he was on track for like a one forty yeah. and then got yeah, rested. Exactly. So his average could be, you know, even closer to the one twenty mark yep. possibly if without resting. So yeah, that could be that could be juicy this week.
1: Yep. So that's one stat right, I wanted to throw out there. I thought that's a pretty interesting one. What's your okay. next one? In the last six rounds, Laird has averaged sixteen point one six in final quarters, which is just incredibly low for someone who averaged one twenty last year. So he's gone. He's gone seven twenty two, 19, and eighteen. Um, I know. I know the traders flagged that stat on their podcast this week, but I just thought that is just pretty hectic, and I just wanted to throw that out there for our listeners as well. It's just just weird. Uh, it's not that relevant, but just for someone that's an Uber Primo, the top averaging player from last year, it's just it's like disappointing. Just injury related, I would yeah.
0: say. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's an issue of like running running games out or anything like that. It's just probably the injuries that he's been carrying the last yeah, few. Yeah, probably. All right, I've got, some, I've got some just random interesting stats. I'll try and fly through them because I've got about five. Oh, maybe right, a little go. Bit more left. Um, so, Jez Cameron hasn't dropped below 82 on the wow, year. Wow, that's insane. That's, inc- that's incredible for a key I forward. can't believe for, I
1: gave him to you in keeper as
0: well. For Proust. Oh, let's go. Yeah, anyway, that. that's... One of the rare trades that I've won in our <laughs> keeper league. <laughs> um, uh, uh, if you adjust Neil Erasmus tog to seventy five percent, his average would be eighty five. Wow! So, if he gets, I guess it's hard to know, but you know, if he had an extended run in the team, I, I genuinely think you could pick him up in classic because he's four hundred and thirty six k and he's playing inside mid. But just, just, just an interesting stat to be aware of. I've got him in keeper, so that's a nice little. A nice little win. Uh, Angus Brayshaw is averaging 92.2 when he gets any CBAs, any CBAs since the start of 2022. Wow. That is frustrating as an owner. Just just one CBA and his average goes up by like 12 points. <laughs> um, another Gus stat is that he's averaging less than Liam Stocker. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I like it. I like this segment. Another interesting one of those is that Andy McGrath is averaging less than Harris Andrews. Wow. Oh, my goodness. And my last stat is that Tom Stewart is averaging 98.7 if you discount his injured 14 in round one. That makes him the sixth highest defender or the eighth highest if you count Zebel and Sheezel. So he's in that in that top six mix, which is what you want from Stu. Yeah,
1: Good stuff, cuz those are great stats. You're a bit of a stats god, mate. I did Thanks, I did mate. my best to find I good ones, it. and I only had three. And you slammed I you love, slammed like sixteen good stats there.
0: I love just farming farming stats, mate. It's something that I've always done, even before we we <laughs> created content. So it's just it's good to have a, a platform to get them out into the world. Now I they guess. call you the farmer, mate.
1: <laughs> All right, that. hold the phone. It is time for our second. Check in for the day, and this is a brand spanking new one. You don't even know who it is, do you? Uh, I
0: don't. I'm mate. calling. I'm, I'm with calling this our
1: Ninkan poop check in. And our ninkin poop is Ollie Big Fatty Wines, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm allowed to call him that because we have a disclaimer at the start of our podcast. We do, mate. Now, <laughs> I wanted to find a way to start an Ollie Wines check in because it's just a way to shit on a player that single handedly ruined my 2022 AFL fantasy campaign, and any opportunity I get to bag him is a good one. Now, it's a funny week to start it because he actually had his best game for the season. He scored 97 fantasy points, all thanks to eight tackles, which is solid, but remarkably, he still hasn't cracked a ton all year. And so. The Nincompoop check in begins because he still can't crack the ton. Yeah, we're on a, a, a non ton run with Ollie Wines. now. <laughs> we should actually go go through and, and find some non ton runs. You know, for what? some for some primo players,
0: that that would be that'd be pretty funny. That, that's a great idea. Yeah. And Wines both on nine games to start <laughs> the year. Um, that was actually Ollie Wines' first score of eighty two since round one. Wow. <laughs> That is ridiculous. It's just, I I can't even explain why his form has been so bad, man. It just doesn't make any sense, but he's down to 651 or 657K now. So, Jesus.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Jesus indeed. (laughs) Uh. Oh, this is good. This is funny. All right. (laughs) We're going to roll into our bold predictions segment. Now, time out. TT uh, time out I don't have one <laughs> <laughs> I'm not i not timing that out I'm keeping that in the podcast All right I'm gonna make you got
0: I'm gonna make one right now
1: Yeah 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 do something on the fly. I'll hit you with mine first All actually right. before before I even hit you with one we're gonna check in on our last week's predictions and see how they're going. So just to recap my bold prediction from last week was that Tim English would be crowned a pig by the end of this season. Now I had a quick chat with someone on Twitter about this. Who replied to our tweet about it, saying it would be pretty tricky for him to get there. And I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, I don't think 120 is enough to average. I think he's got to push 125 for the season to even be considered, just based on how you know the numbers from all the other pigs. But he didn't. He didn't kick off his campaign very well with a 92 this week. So my prediction is not going so strong. Now your prediction for last week was Dom Sheed ninety plus from here on out, um, and he scored an eighty-one. So he's he's on the board. He's not far, um, but he's he's going to have to drop a couple of ceiling games to get there. I reckon, cause
0: yeah, I I agree, but I I stand by it. I reckon you're he's standing
1: there. by it. I'm standing he's, by mine too.
0: He's going to get there, mate.
1: Yeah, English isn't oh, though. You don't think so? <laughs> All right, we'll see. We'll see, mate. All right, my bold prediction. For this week, is that Atkins, Rory Atkins, the Rat King, survives until the end of the buys and maintains an average of 85 plus. Wow. Yep. That is that is a bold prediction. That is a bold prediction, but I think he's just... The eye test, he started really slow last week and then he smashed the eye test from basically quarter time onwards. Yeah, 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 he did. He was he was screaming for the footy. He was doing these disgusting leads. He got ignored a couple of times by Powell in the last like two minutes of the game. Easily could have dropped like an 86 again. Um maybe even close to 90. Uh, I think he's on three at quarter time, and then yeah, just screaming for the footy, Nick Dacos style. He was like standing there ordering the troops around, like marshaling all the people. He was the captain of the Gold Coast backline. And uh, yeah, I actually think I actually think he's gonna maintain his spot in the team.
0: What a king, mate. What a king. Yeah. Yep. Mate, I'm so on the spot. I'm I'm so on the spot right now. I've been giving through, flicking through quickly, trying to find something. First thing that pops into your head. Alright. I'm predicting, boldly predicting, that Ollie Wine's non ton run <laughs> lasts until round seventeen. Wow. Alright. When, when they play Gold Coast. Gold Coast. Yeah, which is another six, six games away. All right. That's good. That'll
1: be good for our Ollie Wines check-in <laughs> as well, our nincompoop check-in. I love it. I love it. All right. So that's our Bold Predictions segment. We're going to roll into our final segment of the podcast today, and that is our Fantasy Proverbs. We couldn't go without it this week. Fantasy,
0: Fantasy Proverbs. All right. You ready for it, Carl? I'm ready. I'm ready. You ready? Me. So- I need wait just just quickly. I need to be inspired this week. Last week I wasn't inspired, mate. The, the the you know one one score can change it all happened like you you discussed, and it happened very negatively for both of us. <laughs> oh, hey, I, I, I don't. To, I need some re inspiration this week to get the subs rolling again, mate. All
1: right. Well, I can't promise I'm going to deliver, but I'm going to give you my <laughs> give you my proverb anyway. So this one is an old British Army adage. And it's this. It's the seven P's. Proper planning and preparation prevents piss poor performance. Now, this is directly related to our buys. And what I wanna say is that preparation and planning for your buys is the kind of thing that is gonna get you in a good position. And I wanna say that luck favors those who plan and those who are smart about things. You know, I mean, luck is luck, but. It tends to follow people who can, you know, put themselves in positions to be lucky. Know what I mean? You can create luck in in a way. So I'm just saying, take a look at your buy structure. We touched on it before. Be prepared, and not only to get your buy structure in order, but have your targets ready. Know who it is that you want to bring in, or that you want to watch over the next couple of weeks, and also have your trade outs ready, and have a real definitive plan and you will go up in rankings over the next five or six weeks. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Prior yeah. planning and preparation prevents
0: piss poor performance. Get it done. Cause yeah, love it, mate. I, I, I've got my, my bias structure and plans done already, but it really is the buyers is, is the, the one opportunity that every coach gets to just fly up the rankings. So be prepared, people. It really can be season defining.
1: Like people storm home if they if they set themselves up well from the buys, and improve their team, and you know, vice versa. Some people cook cook it at the buys, and then just like fizzle out so hard. Um. So you know, get prepared. Be prepared, and you will do well. Love All right, it. love it, mate. So I think that might be a good place to wrap up the podcast for today. It's been another long one,
0: a cracker. It has. I don't know how long we're at. Oh, I do know how long we're at. You Hour thirty six, mate. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's good though. I think it's been really, really good. I think there's been a lot of good discussion. Um, anything else you want to say before we, before we
0: wrap it up? Not not particularly, mate. Nothing springs springs to the top. Um, it was nice to switch it up this week and try something a, a bit different with the interesting stats and the talking points instead of yeah the good, the bad, and the ugly. Maybe we'll, we'll put out a Twitter poll and we'll see what our listeners think.
1: Yeah, I um, think that's a good idea. Get let us, fe- let us, yeah, let back. us know. Send us a DM, whatever. At the Cousins Pod. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> you put me off guard. We always go the other way around We do, Um <clears throat> Anyway, so I think that's going to wrap us up for this week. Thank you so much. If you've listened to all of it, you're an absolute legend. We love you. We love all our listeners. We love what we do. We love the game. Keep at it. Um, stay on top of your trades, like I said before. With the uh, fantasy proverb um, Stay nifty Be prepared And we wish you all the best For round 10 Thanks for tuning in Thank you See you later Kiss Your cousin Kiss Your cousin
0: Kiss him on the lips
1: Kiss your cousin is your cousin.